0: Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali, and this is today's tech briefing. In this program,
1: the interesting thing about any innovation in space is that it's not truly bound by like a geography anymore, right? Uh, if you have an interesting software solution or like you know a full launch solution, you can pretty much target any uh, geography as your customer whether you're launching from india producing certain things from india
0: that's after these headlines google is working on making its search technology much more comprehensive and at its search on live stream event the company showcased some of the features that will roll out in the coming months one of them is the capability to search visually allowing for more context based results that would be more useful. In the coming months, we will introduce a new way to search visually with the ability to ask questions about what you see, Google's senior VP Prabhakar Raghavan said in a post. For example, you can tap on the lens icon when you are looking at a picture of a shirt and ask Google to find you the same pattern but on another article of clothing like socks Behind these new features is Google's multitask unified model, which the company announced at its I.O. conference earlier this year. Amazon has launched a home assistant robot called Astro that brings AI to your home. You can sign up to request an invite today and Astro will ship later this year, CNET reports. Astro follows voice commands and keeps an eye on your home with its periscope camera. It can show a live view with a mobile app, so you can check on your home while you're away. The robot works with Amazon's Alexa Voice Assistant and Home Alarm Ring Protect Pro. Astro can be programmed to include no-go zones. It also has Do Not Disturb features and Alexa's standard privacy features. Cred Avenue, a startup that helps investors find debt deals, has raised $90 million in India's biggest Series A funding round led by Sequoia Capital the round was co-led by Lightspeed India, TVS Capital Funds and Light Rock India, the company announced in a series of tweets yesterday. Other investors include Cred and Stride Ventures. The company will use the money on areas including product and platform development and data analytics. Capital Float, an online lending startup in Bangalore, has raised $50 million to expand its Buy Now Pay Later product, the company said in a press release. The investment was led by Lightrock India, bringing the seven-year-old company's total funding to about $600 million, according to TechCrunch. Existing investors Sequoia Capital India, Rebut Capital, Creation Investments, as well as entrepreneurs David Welles of NewBank, Kunal Shah of Cred, and Amrish Rao of Pine Labs also participated in the new round. Axel Data, an enterprise data observability cloud, has raised $35 million in Series B, the San Jose company said in a press release yesterday. The investment was led by Insight Partners, a VC and private equity firm, with participation from new investor March Capital and existing investors Lightspeed, Sorensen Ventures and Emergent Ventures. In India, Axel Data will use a third of the fund for R&D and product development. The company plans to expand its engineering team in Bangalore from the current headcount of 90 to 220 by the end of next year. In recent times, India's new space tech startups have grown to the point where collectively they are ready to take the ecosystem to the next significant phase of growth. And this is across building satellites and rockets to sophisticated software for processing data. I spoke to Chris Nair, founder and CEO of Kawa Space, which offers a platform for users to get more out of satellite data through a simple application programming interface. Here's more. Uh, Chris, uh, welcome to this podcast and uh, thank you for making time for this. Uh, for folks uh, who are not familiar with your work, uh, maybe we could start with uh, uh, you giving us a snapshot of uh, the journey that brought you to uh, the starting of uh, Kava Space. Uh, tell us a bit about the idea that triggered uh, you know, this company eventually. and. You can go from there.
1: Yeah, sure. Hey, Hari. Thanks. Uh thanks. Um, great to be here. So uh the story of Kawa is uh not de- directly like an aha moment kind of uh thing. It's gone through multiple iterations. The larger context is general thinking about what the the, the whole thing started with, like you know writing a thesis around what is required what are we kind of seeing which is already in the market when it comes to space technologies the history of it let's say from 1960s to today and uh, what everybody is fundamentally working on and how we think uh things should go what's the dream what's the what's the best way to kind of look at problems exists exist, uh, on our planet, as well as like you know, at the larger contribution to the larger exploration part of it. So uh, the Coverspace today is a space company focusing on real-time geo intelligence, uh, which means that like you know, pretty much everything and everything about our planet. We are trying to kind of build systems where we can gather more and more intelligence about our planet in a near real time manner and it is a hard thing there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of technologies to be built especially from a software point of view there's there's a lot of our industry peers are working on satellites launch vehicles etc we think that a software first approach is required and uh, we arrived at like you know what we are building today through observing and going through multiple iterations, both from a technology point of view, as well as from a market point of view.
0: Hmm. Uh, When did you start your company? And uh, I think it'll also be interesting for our listeners, uh, many of whom are aspiring entrepreneurs as well and in the space industry. Uh, Tell us a bit about also uh, what you started out with and some of the important uh, uh, course corrections and iterations that you had to make.
1: Right. Um, so Kava, we started this mid-2019, uh, where we st- we thought we will look at creating probably the most advanced small satellite out there. Uh, this was primarily from the learnings and experiences we had uh, in building uh, uh, one of the satellites before, uh, which kind of became India's first private space mission. Uh, I was part of that particular team and uh, the the plan was fundamentally to kind of look at space from how do we kind of build critical infrastructure for space. The first iteration was to build advanced satellites. As we kind of spend more and more time together like thinking about this particular problem, talking to the market, uh, we realized that to truly kind of democratize space for everyone and make a true impact to. Uh, we need to kind of actually build something else, uh, which was all these intelligence, which is fundamentally created. How do we kind of make it accessible? And then the whole thing kind of shifted to, there's tons of data generated by like satellites on a daily basis, how do we, collect it, how do we organize it, how do we make it pretty much queryable for end users so that it is valuable for the world, not just for a single industry. So we have gone through about three iterations. Uh, and today, uh, it's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's out in the world right now, a bunch of customers using it. Uh, It's it's fundamentally the building blocks for geo-intelligence. In a simpler manner, what Kaba is is power of 200 plus satellites delivered as an API to developers of our customers. And uh, they pretty much query anywhere in the world to understand more about that piece of land.
0: Uh, so, uh, this uh, flagship flagship uh, product is it a uh, is it a product is it a platform or a combination of a product platform service? Uh, how would you describe it?
1: Right. So, the organizing satellite data and making it queryable, we build it as a platform. One of the outputs of that is that, like you know, a lot of our customers who are in agriculture industry uh, across the world uses our platform to kind of build solutions for their farmer application their financing applications Uh, pretty much like you know in agriculture industry what they query in our platform is agri land these are to kind of rapidly understand how big the farm is how it's performing what is the historic performance of that particular place what kind of predictions can we kind of do uh, so that they can build a better intelligence internally and uh identify certain crops and give certain thresholded advisory to the end farmers. So as a platform, uh, it is kind of horizontal. One of the customer buckets is uh, global agri companies uh, using it to understand more about agricultural activity around the world. The second category, which is kind of emerging, is what we call a physical uh, world vertical where like companies in infrastructure and uh, planning and uh, others using the same platform, but querying different areas, let's say like, you know, you are understanding uh, uh, how a city is functioning or where to kind of put a new building in and where to kind of uh, fundamentally put a new infrastructure in. Those things are also like, you know, the version two of the same platform.
0: Okay, Um, give us a sense of uh, how uh, Kava solutions uh, overcome problems with uh, conventional methods uh, that had been employed in using satellite data in different sectors, like you mentioned agriculture. And and, uh, I was just doing a quick read on your website, and you give the example of uh, uh, Kava's own uh, index that you have developed versus something called NDVI. Uh, Maybe you could talk about that as well.
1: Sure. Historically, like you know, uh, satellite data and analytics out of it has been used by agricultural companies probably for a couple of decades, um, actually more than that, and they they've been getting a primary set of information for a large piece of land, uh, primarily in the first world uh, kind of agricultural plots for a long time. When you look at Asia, India. Uh, the problems are kind of unique, where the farm size is very small. For a median size farm in Europe or US, it's probably 200 plus acres, sometimes 2,000. But when you think about Asian countries, Southeast Asia, South Asia, uh, the, the farmers, like we do have what about almost 140 million farmers in India, at an average uh, land uh, uh, ownership of probably like you know at a median of around half an acre less than an acre per se you have to kind of radically think differently when you think about creating solutions for such end users where your traditional method of NDVI or like understanding that might not really give the precision wanted for the end user that's where we started thinking about in the last two quarters to arrive at a better way to kind of observe this. So we created KVI and a bunch of other uh, uh, units as well to look at the problem from for the smallest farmers and how do we kind of observe the smallest piece of land and what makes sense and do research, including not just from a satellite imagery point of view and validate those with real world events as well and create something called KVI and, 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 and a few others. Uh, it is purely driven by what the end user wants. Uh, we think that KVI is much superior than the classically used uh, NDVI. We have like we have tested it rigorously in all these markets we are talking about. And uh, our customers' uh feedback also is that like you know it's much more superior when it comes to vegetation indices. Uh, it's good to kind of like you know build tools for uh, smaller plot prices because it's truly affecting the uh the farmers in this particular case
0: uh what do these uh, acronyms uh, stand for and maybe you could also uh, explain uh i mean the differences uh, the most important differences between uh, in simple terms
1: sure Kawa vegetation index is uh primarily like you know so in the in the classical way of measuring how the vegetation is uh of a certain land or a certain piece um, there's there's fundamentally like, you know, understand the photosynthesis happening around that particular area. But in the historic methods uh, or in the, in, the, in the older methods, like, you know, there are a lot of like, you know, weed noise and soil noise comes into it. So you don't get an accurate uh, indices primarily for the plant, which is important for the end user. What Kawa does is primarily like, you know, dig a layer deeper and give exactly how the plant is performing without much of the soil noise, uh, noise which kind of affecting the larger thing. That means like you know, our, when you look at a KVI, uh, it's accurately representing how the plant is do- doing and not the associated noises comes with it.
0: Mm. Uh, let's uh, talk a bit about uh, the Indian uh, space tech ecosystem itself. Uh, where uh, more recently, especially in the last two, three years, uh, uh, new companies have emerged, private companies, uh, which have the potential of becoming significant uh, suppliers uh, to the global space industry. Uh, so maybe you could tell, give us a sort of uh, brief history of uh, uh, the different factors that have come together the, to, to enable, uh, you know, this phenomenon uh, of this trend of uh, New private startups in the space industry coming up in India.
1: Absolutely, Uh, you can kind of like you know break it down to like a four different eras of sort. Uh, I think the version one for uh, Indian space was fundamentally like the civilian space agency ISRO uh, is doing research and manufacturing and creating unique things to kind of like you know kickstart the revolution of like space exploration for that young country. Then comes the second version, where a lot of uh, team uh, individuals who I earlier worked with the ISRO and uh, other associated like research labs uh, moved out and created the the a new industry of soft, probably in the 90s, uh, and and did primarily serve ISRO and other research organizations with services consulting services or manufacturing services a part of like you know the larger missions being served by that particular set of uh entrepreneurs then then the third one where like you know the the companies like uh team Indus, where uh they completely like you know looked at space exploration from uh, a purely private way where they kickstarted like, you know, pretty much like, you know, this, this confidence and this revolution of like, you know, hey, can we kind of create a very young team and uh, look at pretty much exploration as the primary thing, uh, the, 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 the inspiration they gave to all the new space entrepreneurs today is it's incredible, right, because they are the first pretty much a public attempt at doing something really, really remarkable. Then in uh Let's say two thousand eighteen, uh, where I was part of the team which kind of launched this tiny uh, satellite. Around that time, the fourth generation of folks, which was more in, like you know inspired by both Team Indes as well as whatever is happening uh, across the world when it comes to new space and uh, primarily like you know influence, and the, the larger catalyst was the. The frequent uh, rocket launches again in the US, mostly SpaceX inspired, where the cost of launch is coming down. The the whole new renaissance kind of like kick started, where, like, you know, earlier to launch, you have to kind of go through thousands of things. Now it's kind of getting streamlined, where the, the entrepreneurs like, you know, which we all kind of know today, like, you know, from Kawa to Skyro to Agnikul, to Pixel, to Druva, and many others, uh, where they are saying that, hey, like, you know, this is here, the new space is here. And if you observe, like most of the people kind of kickstart around 2018 to let's say today, uh, where they're looking at global markets, really close to their customers, building technologies, which was earlier, Uh, was exclusively by let's say agencies or larger companies. They're taking a piece of the space ecosystem and building the businesses for global audiences. So we are probably on the fourth uh, wave of sort from Indian point of view. And this time, uh, unlike the last, uh, a lot of things are easier, right? The capital is available. The teams are there, the advisors are there. Uh, It's a more connected world now. And uh, the policies are super supporting. The test facilities are available, even if you're trying to do like a harder tech, uh, things like like, launch vehicle or integration of a new satellite or a microsatellite. And and, uh, we are on the, like, you know, like what I would say is like, we are on the true uh, day zero of, an industry being born and uh, super excited to be a part of it.
0: So this uh, uh, collaboration with uh, global customers, I would say, would be increasingly important for the growth of this new sector. Um, uh, So can you take Kawa's example itself and give us a sense of uh, uh, which are the important markets where you're finding your customers?
1: Sure. I think like, you know, I'm fairly certain my industry peers would uh, probably experience in the same thing. The interesting thing about any innovation in space is that it's not truly bound by like a geography anymore, right? Uh, if you have an interesting software solution or like, you know, a full launch solution, you can pretty much target... Any uh, geography as your customer, whether you're launching from India, producing certain things from India. Uh, for example, our our cases, uh, our, our case in the in the in the software part of things. Pretty much uh, any satellite constellation can use our software. Pretty much any corporation who's operating in physical world activities, or agricultural activities, or like you know, let's say security industry, can pretty much use this. Uh, because there is already a SaaS market, which is kind of like you know, India is pretty famous for. For hardware companies, India is already an established leader uh, in the top four uh, when it comes to space activities. So uh, it is easy for an imaging company to kind of uh, uh, deploying a unique payload. Uh, they Because the solution is unique anywhere, whether it's a U.S. market or a, like a North American market or European or Asian they're interested in like you know the right solution for them, and if it's produced in India, doesn't matter. Like you know, it's it's uh, it kickstarted. I think like you know when you're when you're talking to the other new space companies, also like you know their primary uh, early customers are all global.
0: Mm. Uh, just to ask, can uh, round this out with a standard question? Uh, can you talk to us about? Uh, Uh, Any funding that you have raised, uh, uh, some of your important uh, investors, and uh, going forward, what would be your uh, next big priorities?
1: Right, Uh, we we are we are uh, lucky to have a bunch of uh, great uh, investors, uh, founders, operators participate in our mission. Um, We raised. Two rounds of capital, um, and uh, this had participation from uh, venture funds like uh, Special Invest, uh, which is a deep tech focused venture fund in India. Uh, we 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 also see uh, participation from founders like uh, Vijay Shaka Sharma Paytm, a um, uh, 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 bunch of other Indian operators like Gauram Munjal, uh, Sambat Swan, Roman Seni, uh, uh, and operators like. Uh, Siddhupanapa within Sampath, uh, and and, and a dozen others. Uh, The next plan for us is to kind of like, you know, share uh, what we created with a larger uh, global audience. Uh, We have a bunch of weightless customers who uh, uh, will be like, you know, start using our platform from uh, December onwards. Super excited to serve them. These are global companies and uh, pretty much participate in the growth of the ecosystem.
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, Let's stop this conversation uh, here. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you so much uh, for making time for this again. And I definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Thanks, Arjun. That was Chris Nair. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.